The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back for another week of Intentional Foul. Josh and Dan. Playoffs? You kidding me? Man. Playoffs? I think we we were singing a different tune last week and not expecting the Brewers to end up where they ended up. And Is that just being a natural pessimist about Wisconsin sports or uh, not for me. I All just right. thought they were too far behind the Cubs to okay. catch them. I mean, they, they had to win out and they won out, I, you know, hard to win what? that many games nine in, in a row. row now? In, yeah. In baseball, that's, that's tough, especially at the end of the year. Second division championship, national league, national league championship. Yes. I should say, yep, man, pretty I, fun week. I was glued and I, we talked about it last week about, and you you got some feedback about how you couldn't believe how I could just turn tail and run yeah. when things got a little tight, yeah. but man, it didn't do my anxiety and my blood pressure any good, but I, I went through almost every pitch of all those meaningful games. But it's fun though, isn't it? It's fun. Well, it's fun in the end Yeah, man. when it works out. For sure. I mean, I can't imagine what teams that regularly go through losses after good games like that are like. Yeah. Because, I mean, usually it's getting getting blown out and then you don't even have a chance and, and anymore. But when they keep you there and you think that the game could turn at any moment and then they save, you know, and then keep going, you're like, oh, man, got out of that one. Yeah. And how many of those can you stomach? <laughs> well, this time of year, that's all there is. I mean, every oh. every every pitch, every at-bat, every inning, it's, it's, uh, it's a grinder. Unbelievable! Imagine playing in those games. No, well, I mean, it, it, honestly, though, it's not. It, it's never as bad for the player as it is for the people watching. No, they just go out and play, playing, and they and they don't they don't worry about all the the minor stuff and the situations that they get into because how many times have they been there? It's just another game. You got just got to you got to trust the process, go through what you normally do, and how you know how to do it, and. And hope that it works out in the end. Got into uh, Adovino last night on the for the Rockies a little bit though. Is he comes in in the seventh inning with a guy on first, and his first pitch is about three feet outside and <laughs> bouncing off the brick wall behind the catcher. I thought, uh oh, here Somebody, we go. Somebody's not ready for the big nope, stage. No, nope. heart rate was going a little yeah. fast at that point. Yeah, what what does your Fitbit say? Yeah, no kidding. Measuring your heart rate. Well, so NLDS, we've got the Rockies, and I said this. This morning, I didn't want... Actually, John Barry put it perfectly, that's why I saw. He would have loved to have beaten the Cubs in the NLDS, but he wouldn't have wanted to lose to them. No question. No question. So that's why I just wanted to avoid him him entirely, but at the same time, that's what I wanted. Now I'm afraid I'm not really sure I want what I got in Colorado. Well, you know, at, at this point, everybody's good, so it doesn't really matter. Um... The only problem with the well, two problems with the Cubs. One, their fan base. That's you know, a if, good if, point. If you lose to them, maybe, you got you got to listen to it all winter long. And maybe I just, that's probably what most of it was is that I didn't want to hear from everybody the, if if it went badly. I don't even want to. I got enough of them losing in two straight days 
to take care of it all. Yeah, and the the other thing for me is because the Brewers don't have, you know, other than I guess Hater, they don't really have any a dominant pitcher, and you know they've already played, including the the game one sixty three on Monday for the division championship. They played twenty times, so there's no secrets. Everybody knows what everybody's throwing. Um, you know, now it's kind of just here it is. What are you going to do with it? So I'm a little more confident going up against uh, the Rockies. Yeah, I mean, you look at the middle of that lineup, and and I think Kornheiser said it today. You get by their two, three, and four, and and you hold those guys down, and you got them beat. The Rockies, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's and not as deep as it. the Cubs, right. for sure. So I and, and I, although the Cubs did just have a uh, a four game stretch where in three of the four games in thirty three combined innings they scored three runs at home. That's in three must-win games. That's a dangerous lineup. What? How does everybody just go in the tank all at once? I don't know. And that's you amazing. Know, they fired their hitting coach, who was there when they won a World Series two years ago, and they brought in Chili Davis, that was supposed to be this hitting guru. And their offense. How'd what that I, what work? I hear today, they led the majors. I think the, uh, they had forty games this year where they either scored one or zero runs. That's kind of incredible with the guys in that lineup. I know they had, you know, some guys in and out. Bryant was hurt for a while, but you know, you got Baez and Rizzo and Contreras and and Russell when he was there and and Zobrist and I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good lineup. Is this now a team that if you weren't confident in them handling pressure during the season, do you look at the last week and say that you can put them in any sort of situation and I'm I'm pretty confident if it's a must win, I got a good feeling that they're going to come through. I mean, they needed to win. Like you said, they needed to win out in the last week of the season, and they did. The Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, I was there Saturday night uh, against the Tigers, and they fell behind early Mm -hmm. in the crowd. They fell behind the first two games of the series. It was a packed house. The crowd kind of, you could tell there was a little bit of nerves, and then Yelich does what he has been doing pretty all year, but especially the last month, and he hits a big homer, and and then he hits one, uh, you know, late in the game to to break a five five tie, and that the, when he hit that home run, I've been there, I was there in 08 when Braun hit the homer against the Cubs. Oh, really? I was there in 2011 in Game Five when Niger got the hit to win the series. Wow. Look at you! And then I was there Saturday night, and Saturday night was every bit as loud as the other two. It the place was rocking. There was over forty five thousand people there. It was a great atmosphere, and you know, and to go back to the Cub thing, that I guess that would be reason number three why I'm glad that they're not playing the Cubs. Now there's going to be forty five thousand Brewer fans there. You don't have True. to worry about the ten thousand Cub fans no, you, that you're not. that overpay for tickets on StubHub to get into the park, <laughs> and then try to crow that it's Miller or uh, Wrigley Field North. Which, the funny thing about what you, that, that the fan base is that I go to pick up. One of my daughters at school and one of her classmates, his father, is a very big Cubs fan. And he went down for the game against the Brewers Mm -hmm. just this week. And the next day I talked to him and he said, yeah, great experience. It was fun. Didn't like the outcome, obviously. He goes, easily in the park, three-quarters Brewers fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It was to a me. lot. It was a lot, and I noticed that right away. I, I noticed even when the game started in, in the first couple innings, there was a lot of empty seats right behind the plate. Which was very surprising, and, and that that was the text best fans in baseball. You or, know, well, and I, you know, I I made a comment online, uh, you know, about it being Miller Park South, but after thinking about it, you know, that that's really kind of a disrespectful thing to say. Um, you know, I would never want to disrespect Miller Park in that way, and <laughs> and put their name on that 
old Falling dump apart. that's down. There. I mean, did you watch the post game uh, celebration? Yeah, in the in the lot where they put sheets in the, all over in everything. That, in that postage stamp of a locker room yeah, that they have where they try to fit 100 people. I thought it was a back Are room. Is me? that the locker room? That's like my basement bathroom. Yes. Like, here, let's cram every. There's no room to move Jesus. for anybody. Well, I, And Len but, Casper, it was funny. Len Casper made a comment on the Cardinal Cub game on the national TV game the other day he was doing about he wishes that, you know, people would stop complaining about um, – the size of the visitors' locker room at Wrigley because it's such a great park. And Ken Rosenthal came on and said, "That's all fine and dandy, but there are actually six guys on the Cardinals today that are sharing a locker. This is Major League Baseball. Well, we're talking they, about. Are here. they built for when rosters are expanded in September? Clearly not. No. If guys are sharing lockers, yeah, yeah. So let's get a little. I mean, can you? Is there nowhere else to go? You, you can add video boards and add everything else, but you can't. You can't expand the locker rooms. Whatever. There's no, no more room. Enough okay. about the Cubs. That's fine. They're, they're, they're done. They're done for yep. a right. couple months, so they can go and throw money at somebody that'll underperform like <laughs> Darvish or Hayward, and that's fine. I'm good. How about your boy, uh, Big Game Braun, coming up pretty clutch in that in that weekend it's series? That's what he does, man. That's what he does. A couple of know? homers. I mean, I know the, the local Ryan Braun haters club that is – the president Tim Beggs and Vice President Josh Goldberg had hey, to kind of eat a little what? had to eat a little crow the other day on that one. But yeah, Braun, you know, all that rest paid off for him. You know, hey, he, I mean, it, it has. If he played a lot of the year, do you think he'd have even been available for that series? Eh, pro- you don't know. You would think maybe not. Um, but that, he's, he's ready to go now, man. That's he's, another thing he that looks I was, like he's having fun because Council uh, has made it a point to rest these guys, and and to me, all this stuff about getting people who play the same positions and who are you going to have and who are you going to sub out? Has it ultimately worked in the way that it's kept guys fresh and hasn't made them try and, and press too hard down the stretch that they're now really excited. Hey, I'm in the lineup today. I get to do goods. I mean, Orlando Arcia, I mean, both you and I were saying in the middle of the year when he wasn't even getting any time at shortstop, now all of a sudden he's become one of their best hitters in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he was great the other day. Um, you know, I, I think it's one of those situations that you see once in a while in sports where um, I don't know if the way they've done it this year would work with everybody. I think the Brewers have a pretty special group of guys that, you know, there hasn't been, you know, Braun didn't, you, you have not heard Braun complain about getting taken out no. late in the game. Nope. You haven't heard... Eric Thames complain about his at bats going away. Even Chase Anderson, when he got pulled the other day in that start, he wasn't happy about it. Um, but you know, he he didn't do like what some other people, other athletes in the state do, and go out in the media and cry. Wow, we're getting there already. Um, so you know, I think that you find that every once in a while. I think the Royals had it a couple years ago when they made their run. They just had a bunch of dudes that were willing to do whatever they had to do. If it was a pinch run, if it was a uh, pinch hit, team well, guys, totally. And I think Yelich and Kane and and Mustakis and some of these guys Granderson that have come in, um, I think they've done a good job of of you know showing some veteran leadership and and along with Braun, you know, just kind of being like, hey man, whatever we got to do to win, let's let's just win the game. Well, and I think you brought up a really good point in the fact that they're veteran guys who a lot of them who have been in mm-hmm. this situation before and they know what it's like rather than getting out some young up and comer who has having a good year but hasn't necessarily been in the thick of a pennant race or a playoff push. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that you know I, I don't have any statistics to back that up, but conventional wisdom would say those are the guys you would prefer to have rather than a guy who has not like you said the dude who got that start and threw the ball three feet to yeah, the, yeah. three feet outside to start with you think there was some pregame jitters I bet with all those guys that have been there before just another game for sure you know sure. I, I remember what this is like this is no big deal don't worry about it and I and that's where I think that will help the younger side of the guys even though the, the most of this team has known what it's felt like to win and kind of be there. I mean, they were down there till the very last game last year. So, I mean, they they understand the concept of these these pressure-packed must-win games. And and something that else that I wanted to talk about, you know, I, I was listening to uh, Tony Kornheiser's podcast yesterday, and he had Richard Justice on, who's a famed baseball writer, and, and he was talking about some of these teams in the playoffs, like Oakland and the Brewers and specifically, and... There's kind of a new, you know, the the analytic um, sabermetric philosophy is, you know, started with Billy Bean in the A's, mm. you know, about 15 years ago, and everybody kind of has their own version of that. But you know, specifically with the Brewers, and and uh, we'll we'll talk about their their pitching decisions here in a minute. Um, but you, you know, you can tell they're an organization that's very heavily leans on the numbers. And one of the other things that they've done since David Stearns has got there is it seems like their their philosophy organizationally has been not necessarily to get what you would call like all-star level players, but complete players, you know, um, guys that have positional flexibility, a guy like Lorenzo Cain who could hit leadoff for you, he can hit third, he'll take the ball to right, he'll get you double-digit homers, he steals 30 bases, he plays a great outfield um, just the roster flexibility they've had, you know, really the only positional players anymore that you don't expect to play other positions are catcher and first. And really, if your catcher can play first, that's Great. a bonus. Yes. If your first baseman can play right field, that's huge, but it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But for, it seems like all the other positions you see last night in the cub game, after the eighth inning, almost every inning, somebody was so playing a different position. Around, yeah. You know, Bryant was in left, then he was at third, and then Baez was at third, and he went to short, and then like Zobris went from right to second. Your last game of the Little League season, it, it, it wh- is. what position you want to play now. But that's kind of where everybody's going, and you, you even yeah. see it leak over into basketball a little bit with you want you want guys that can, a big guy that can defend the rim but can also guard on the perimeter and then offensively be able to shoot threes. And you, you just don't see the specialists anymore. There, there aren't just the guy that shoots threes. There's not, you know, Matt Stairs wouldn't have a place <laughs> today in, in baseball because he was a one-dimensional mm-hmm. home run guy. Russell Brannion, you know, people like that. It's just, uh, it's interesting how that's changed, Brannion, you know? Hugest home run I've ever seen hit the top of the video board yeah, yeah. At, at Miller Park. You were, you were down on the, on the council decision to go with the bullpen um, against the Cardinals to open that series, and it, and it wound up being all right. They won. I think it was what a six four game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we, you talked about Chase Anderson after he was pulled in favor of of going to the bullpen. Council said today that they need to get away from the labels about who's a starter and who's a reliever, and that's apparently what they're going to be doing to start the Rockies. The A's are doing that tonight. Um. Against uh, against the Yankees, the American League wild card game, they did it nine times in September, mm-hmm. and they put up awesome numbers on the mound, and they had a losing record. They were four and five, which 
to me says you got a problem with your offense. Your pitchers did their jobs. Right. Um, but I mean, is this now one of the new things where if you need a bunch of arms and a guy can give you an inning, maybe two, and you just constantly freshen things up every inning or every couple innings, does that throw off the offense? Does that does it work until it doesn't work? Well, I think it does make it diff- more difficult on the hitter. And another thing Justice talked about yesterday on the, on Kornheiser's podcast was a lot of these teams now you're seeing that they're they're not allowing their starter to go through the order a third time. You know, um, last night especially with uh, with Freeland on the Rockies, you know he got through the order twice and then he started to get in a little bit of trouble and as soon as that happened he was out. Um, you just and with the Brewers especially, I mean, they had. I don't think they had a complete game all year. I think maybe one or two starters yeah, got really? into the eighth inning. Oh, oh. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, Alex Rodriguez said last night, and I tend to agree with this philosophy because it's it's the proven one. Really hard to win a World Series without a horse. For and, sure. And, and you look back at the last several years, you had Verlander last year, you had Lester with the Cubs, you had Baumgartner a couple years ago with the Royals, um, you know, Sabathia with the Yankees, um, you had Cole Hamels a couple years ago with Texas when they were real good, and, you know, you've had Wainwright on the Cardinals. It's really hard to win in the World Series where you have the opportunity to maybe pitch that guy three times. Right. Um, so I don't know. The, nobody's really won this way. Like the Brewers and the A's are trying, so you know there's always a first for everything. So you know maybe this will be the year. But wouldn't you agree that's probably? I mean, if that's the theory that you need the horse, Brewers don't have. They that don't guy. have that. They don't. So I don't know what other philosophy you're going to stick with. But I mean, just recently you did it against the Cardinals in a must-win game. You won. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a go again. Sure. Against the Rockies and but. You had mentioned against the Cardinals, play those matchups, and then when it came to put came time to play the matchup the second time, it didn't happen, right, right. and it hurt them. Right. So, do you take that chance in burning a couple arms when you got to play right away, albeit a day of rest between games two and three? Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how closely they stick with that. And you know, again, it. it I think with the Brewers, it, it boils a lot down to the numbers. And yes, you'd like to have a lefty on the mound to face a good left-handed hitter, but if you know if Corey Knebel has faced um, Arenado ten times and he struck him out eight times, well, then you really—I I, I don't think you take him out. No, I don't care about the matchup. I'm not taking him out. I'm so, going again. I'm, I'm going with history. I'm going with history. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It'd be interesting. All right. Game one is on. I'm going to be uh, there. Friday. I was wondering yep. whether you were going to pick up any tickets. Yep. My for parents those. are going tomorrow. Okay, we got tickets uh, through the whole playoffs. So right. as far as they go, and uh, I'll be going Friday, Friday afternoon. And, nice. And uh, how do you think about afternoon baseball? I, I was catching a couple of comments from some of the some of the pundits who said that this is a very archaic way to do things with Major League Baseball playoffs, and that you just let people choose the matchup that they want to instead of rolling out games one at a time. Because your viewership probably not going to be strong during the daytime hours. Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. Okay, no, I, that, that's fine. I was, I was just. I asking. could care less me, about I how the, I could care less about how much money Fox makes on the game. Um, I, I like to watch every game. That's I like, fine. yeah, I like to watch all the games in the playoffs. I, I like it for this round. 
I think once you get to the NLCS and the World Series, those should be primetime oh, games. Well, obviously, yes. I think they need to do a better job of you know these you know these East Coast nine o'clock starts Brutal. in during the week for a World Series game. I mean, if you're a little kid. I mean, come on. That's that's who well, you want to be watching. Even tonight's game in the Bronx. That's yeah. a seven o'clock central, which means it's eight o'clock over there. I mean, it, that that's not. And what if it goes thirteen innings right. like a Cub game last night? That game's not getting over till one one thirty in the morning. So, uh, you know, fr- from from the TV guy perspective, I I see it. I don't care though. I I'm more interested in in being able to watch all of the all the games. All right. You want to move to the NFL? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you. I saw one pass in the Packer game, and I saw nothing but a couple of highlights of the Bear game. What were you doing, Brewers? Oh, obviously. All right. Yeah. Well, the I one didn't. pass I did see in the Packer game was uh, Josh Allen running for his life and throwing <laughs> across his body across the field inside in the red zone, and the ball got picked off. And I yeah. was like, "That's all I need to see of this." I, I feel like he's gonna get the short end of the stick as far as evaluating all the rookies because to me he has the least amount of work to to work with. Rodney Harrison said it Sunday night it's not bad. fair to the kid. No. They they don't the their line's so bad. The Packers uh, the Packers have a decent pass rush, but I mean that was the, the couple highlights I saw was ridiculous. It didn't look like Buffalo was even attempting to to do anything to offer up much resistance. Well, I mean I don't even know where to go with this. You like a shutout, especially against a team. And to me, the loss the week before against uh, Minnesota to Buffalo was more about Minnesota looking forward to Los oh, Angeles. 100%. 100%. So that, to me, is not reflective of how That happens in bad. football sometimes, yes. yeah. It's not reflective of how good or bad either the Bills or the Vikings are. Right. And that's just... That's just an aberration. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, I that's, agree. That, that's all that is. Now, that being said, I also know that it's not easy to shut out a team no matter how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Even even the, even the Cleveland Browns over the last decade put up points. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to get to the end zone. So, rookie quarterback, not much to work with. I still think that that's a decent job by that defense, and I'm not sure how much you should take away from them on that performance by saying, well, it's only the Bills. You still got to execute, and you still got to play like you're supposed to play. Now, should any team be able to do that? Maybe. But that makes me feel a little bit better despite the bad competition. Well, yeah, they're still pros. You know, I mean, these guys... I'm not saying you're going to go do that to the Patriots. Right. You can't use that as a measuring stick. However, I will say for a defense that's been looking for progress... Throughout the first four games, you kind of saw some. Sure, and uh, you know you got to take you, you, you got to take the small victories when you can take them, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't understand your quarterback this week. Um, I mean, you you win twenty two to nothing. Nobody got hurt of significance. That's going to be a long term deal. To me, that's one of those games where I, I if I get out of there healthy. And with a win, I'm thrilled. I I, I just you know I, I didn't I didn't understand that that whole well, little act that he put on. I I've never been a I've never been a believer in any sport, especially football, which loves to say how it's the ultimate team game. Right, it's, I I don't know what purpose it serves to go to the media to call out your coach and your teammate. I just don't get that. I listened to Joe Thomas this week, who has no 
you know, connection or uh, loyalty to the Packers. I listened to Kornheiser and Wilbon today um, on, on, on PTI, and they both basically said the same thing in that Aaron Rodgers basically wanted to point out the fact that Mike McCarthy needs to do a better job. Yeah. And, and, and the point of that whole thing, and, and I will say this about Rodgers, and I think everybody that talks to him agrees, is that he doesn't say anything unless he thinks about it ahead of time. It's calculated, and oh, he knows exactly how he, he's going to respond. He's the LeBron James of the NFL. He always wants to control the narrative. So he had an agenda for saying that. I just don't get what it is. Well, I think if you put that out in the public and saying we need to be better as an offense because 22 points against the Bills is embarrassing and what's going to happen when we face the Rams after the bye. They both watched separately McCarthy and Rodgers, the Rams game um, on Thursday, uh-huh. and they both came in with some different ideas about how to open up the offense. That that was made public by, by both of them. Uh-huh. And Rodgers was unhappy because the offense is seemingly getting a little bit stagnant. And I guess from my perspective, I, I don't know X's and O's, not even close to a fraction of what these guys understand. But I guess to me, if you're a coach and it's been 13 years and you were an offensive guy coming in and you still control the plays, even though you have an offensive coordinator, does your offense get to the point where it's a little bit old? where you're just a little bit old school and you need to learn from some of these younger guys who are bringing things in, like a, a Matt Nagy or a Sean McVay or, or somebody, and you take some things that you see in games and you can't obviously mimic them identically, but you can take one or two things here and apply them to your game plan and say, we have the tools and we definitely got the guy who's throwing the ball. We have the ability to do some of these cool things that we should be kind of keeping our playbook fresh and just updated. But do you really want to run those against the Bills? Like, that's my point. First of all, it's not like the Bills' defense is the worst defense in football. No, they're, they're they, fine. they got after them. They're fine. Yeah. And secondly, why do I want to show my hand in, against a team that's a non-divisional opponent at home in a game that I'm winning and dominating? It doesn't make any sense well, to me. I don't think showing things and getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers, I think those can be mutually exclusive. I don't think one has to equal the other. I still think you can get the ball into Devontae Adams' hands. I still think you get the ball into Jimmy Graham's hands. I, I'm almost well, positive so he wants Aaron then? Jones to get the ball more than he's getting right now, even though he's two games back from suspension. Rodgers, you're saying? Yes. Does. Okay, well, so whose job is to get the ball in their hands? It's his, but the level of progression down of who the plays are designed to and who gets looked on first and who is made to be put in position to succeed on those plays, it goes in a pecking order. And clearly, the pecking order is wrong, according to Rodgers. Those, those premier guys need to be your first, second, and third option. Think, and and from what I'm understanding, they, they're they not even factoring. That's not even an issue. Well, I mean, it's not going into the game plan well, they that, do, that way. They do have this thing called an audible, <laughs> which quarterbacks a lot of times call during the game. Um, I, I don't know. I just, to me, it... it it's one of those things where it, it, you and I are never going to agree because you're a Packer fan and I'm not, and mm-hmm. you guys live by the Church of Lambeau, Don't and that's just the way me it is. Put in that hole you're, you're, under that steeple. You're in it, man. You're in it. It's sacrilegious to criticize the quarterback in Green Bay. It, it just is. is. Not. I just don't understand Rodgers' motivation, and all of what you said might be true, but 
to go to the media and to create this firestorm now you you now your coach has to go to the podium and answer these questions that he doesn't need to be answering True. and he's not going to answer no cuz that's not cuz that's not what McCarthy does he doesn't air that laundry i just i don't know i i if tom brady wouldn't do that peyton manning wouldn't do that Favre wouldn't have done it dan marino wouldn't have done it Montana wouldn't have done it. I just don't understand the thinking behind any of this. So, I guess I've never been a strong proponent of putting things out and airing laundry in the media, but I guess when it when it's done for a purpose and if it makes the team better, I, I don't know that I really have a problem with it. And you won't know that until the end of the season, and maybe it could be one of the things you point to and say, remember then when that happened, everything got better after that. It was a turning point. Fantastic. Let's just try and avoid that in the future. Yeah, you know, and every every player is going to react differently. Right. Some of them are going to be pissed off and offended, and some of them it's going to motivate. So that, you know, I, I get all that. But, uh, you know, you and I were texting back and yeah. forth about it the other day, and, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers... And, you know, Packer fans are going to say, yeah, but he's been criticized for his leadership skills over the years. And you can call it sour grapes and you can say, well, this guy didn't go on to have any success, but which really doesn't have anything to do with leadership. But I just think that if, if you go down the line, this isn't the NBA where there's five guys and one guy controls everything like LeBron James and he can call out his shooting guard. This is football. You only play one side of the ball. You know, the quarterback controls a lot, but he doesn't control everything. I, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things that's that's better left said in the locker room, in the coach's office. I don't really know why you need to tell the media. I guess to that point, and, and we can move on after yeah. that, when it's such a few smattering of individuals who some of them left on bad terms, whether it's didn't get re-signed, had to go sign with a rival, maybe got an axe to grind. When you've got a collective group of about six or seven guys that played with Rodgers on the same team for a number of years in a row, and they all come out at the same time, and they have that same opinion, I'm willing to give a little bit more credence to that. I'm not. Greg Jennings, fantastic dude. You went to play for the Vikings. Your career went downhill after you left, and you said Aaron Rodgers was a poor leader. I'm I'm just not because he didn't play well. No, like I'm I'm just I haven't heard that from anybody else that has either retired or left the team to go somewhere else. I know Finley has said some things. Finley um, has, but he's also come back and said that was my quarterback. He's sure. he, he's defended him and criticized him at the same time. Sure, but I, so did To. If you get a well, <laughs> I mean you know. I don't know. It's just, it, like I said, it's nothing that we're ever going to agree on. Yeah. I just don't believe in doing that. I think it, I think it's a, it's a selfish way of going about things from a guy who is ten years older than most of the other guys in that locker room who who have He's been, the old who, guy. who have You're been right. who have played with the yep. Packers on Madden and have looked up to Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> and he's going out in the media and he's calling out guys and calling out coaches. I mean, I don't know. I just think that's one of those things where if you're 23 years old, you're looking around going. Oh wow! Is is did, that is that how it works around here? Didn't know that. Can, can I? This was happening. Can can Jair Alexander go out and go call out Mike Pettin for his scheme now? I mean, how how does this work? I'd love to see that. You know. All right, go to your Bears. Impressive performance. Yeah, I will. I will say that that's 
that that was that was very very uh, impressive to see. I can't come up with any other what, word what's on the, the fly. saying. Sunshine's on a dog's ass. Well, yeah, days. well, okay, but right now you're three and one, and you're in the in the driver's seat of division, and it should be four and zero. Exactly, Kyle Fuller could catch. Well, there's that one play again. Yeah, but it, another dominant defensive performance. It you, was. You basically ended the Ryan Fitzmagic <laughs> uh, time in Tampa Bay, and yeah. Jameis Winston came in, and you got. Six touchdown passes from a guy who you said is going to cause you to lose your hair. He will, because next week he won't throw any, or you know, or he'll have two picks or something. But no, it was a great game from Trubisky, and you know that's that's one of those things that just happens once in a while. But it's nice to see some progress um, from him in the offense. You know, they had some interesting plays uh, that Nagy drew up. Um, The defense, though, is 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 what's carrying him. I mean, Khalil Mack. That's going to um, get better. Well, right now, I think through the, you know, the, at the quarter pole of the season, I think your MVP is Pat Mahomes and your defensive player of the year is Khalil Mack. Right. You know. He's he's, he's ratcheted that thing up a couple has. of different levels. He has. And John Gruden's comment about, oh, wow, I didn't believe, I can't believe Khalil Mack's got four forced fumbles. <laughs> it's like, well, who the, what, what the hell have you been well, watching tape, the last what, 10 years? Did you not have any tape on the guy? You didn't have a, a stat sheet that had everything laid out from the first couple of years of his career. What, what are you doing? I mean, that's uh, why he's on my. Li- that's why they're on my list later. Literally a franchise changing, yeah, trade for sure for the Bears. And um, you know, uh, they're they're right there at, at, in line to make a push for the playoffs. I still think they're good. They're a team that at the end of the day, when they play. The, the Saints and the Rams and these teams that can put 30 to 40 yeah. points on you. I I have a hard time believing that the Bear offense can keep Good, up. Gonna keep up, yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if they can go 10 and 6, you know, wild card, division champ, whatever, I, I think that would be a great and, season. And for again, them. I think like the Brewers, they would be ahead of where no you question. want you want them to be Absolutely. or you expect them to be. If you got, if, if Trubisky was able to play a playoff game, in his second year, win or lose, even if you're right, just to even get that experience. Get yep, I think that would be very big for them going forward. Absolutely. What else is happening around the league? You've got Le'Veon Bell coming back in week seven or eight on the bye week, and I, I have you heard from any of the Steelers players about it? No. Anything? You got Earl Thomas who just reports, and then uh, football gods raining down on him and flipping the bird on his way out on What's on, that on the. About? I don't know. Um, and that was to his own team on the sidelines. You know, this is a. I, I had a conversation with our buddy Joe about this last night. We were texting back and forth. He's a big Seahawk fan, and and I was just asking him his thoughts about this. And you know, it, it it's one of those things where I feel bad for Earl Thomas that he broke his leg in a contract year. That's that sucks. Um, it's probably going to affect you know, who goes after him this offseason and how much money he gets going forward. But I'm not going to feel sorry for him because a couple of years ago after they won the Super Bowl, he was paid and he became the highest paid safety yeah. in the history of football. Eight and a half million this year alone. And all he's done since then is complain about how he's underpaid. Look, this is the way that the league is set up. If you don't like the way this is set up, go talk to your union reps and be willing to to sit out games and strike and change the the the, 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 the collective bargaining the collective system bargain. because these guys these these guys that get paid you're you, you know the market is only what you can get oh yeah and and it and it's reset every year yes it's reset every year what guys per- perceived value amongst everybody else 
what teams assign, and and it goes top. Once the top couple guys go, it's it's just like the draft. That's why they have assigned values all the yes. way down. Is Kirk Cousins overpaid? Of course, of course he, he is. is. But you know what? The market for starting quarterbacks last year, who can actually do some things, was or- what it was, and he was able to get that thirty million dollar a year contract. Vikings didn't have to pay him that. No, they offered it to yes. us. So I'm not going to criticize that, but at the same time, I would criticize Kirk Cousins if after this year he said, yeah, I think that now I should be paid 40 a year. Well, and you see it from a Packers perspective, at least I do, when you have a lot of these free agents, I don't know how close you follow with the Bears, you see a lot of the guys in their contract negotiations demand a certain number. Mm-hmm. And when when Ted Thompson used to, 99% of the time, not meet that number and he thought it was too high, Go check out what the market says yes. you're, you're worth. Yes. And a lot of the time, they'd come back for less than that number that they originally gave because that's what the market yes. dictated your worth. They overestimated their own value. Well, general managers have a pretty good idea about what those numbers are going into an offseason. And agents like to play this game of, well, player A is making this, and my guy is better than player A, so he should make more money. Well, but player A is overpaid. So I'm not going to overpay player B just because he's better than player A who's overpaid. Right. You know, that doesn't make any sense no. as, as, a, as an organization. And, you know, the, the NFL is the only league where you can, it's the only league with non guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. And it's the only league where you can hold out and th- try to get more money. And that's probably going to change. It should change. I mean, I don't know. Both when, of those things should change. When, when is the next CBA up? Because I think Not we, sure. you've already heard, at least I've already seen rumblings of this, that when it's up, there's going to be a strike, no question. I think there has to be. For for otherwise, this is never going to end. Players are going to continue to complain. They're going to hold out. They're going to screw their teams over. Um, I don't think Le'Veon Bell ever suits up for the Steelers again. Really, I just don't. Um, I think if he comes back in Week Eight, um, he's not going to be a hundred percent invested. I don't want him out there. Um, you know, he, he's, he's already made it clear that he's more concerned about not getting hurt than helping his team. That's a tough thing for a a guy like Tomlin to do when you're one, two and one. It is. And and your best players is right next to you wanting to get into the game. And you're saying, yeah, not putting you in guy. The only thing I would say is I don't think that him not being there is the reason they're one, two and one. They got, they got issues, but you got to put in your best players, you know, that's, but, but you if know, you got to make if, a stand if, on something, if you hand him the ball or you throw him a screen and he's got five guys coming at him, is he just going to go down? Right. Or is he going to fight for extra? You know, like in football, it's a little different animal than some of these other sports because you know you how hard you play, and not only that, in football, that's the one sport above all. If you not going balls to the wall, that is when you get right, hurt. When you get hurt. So that's right. Um, crazy quarterback stats, man. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot, and I, I didn't catch a highlight, so catch me up. So four guys right now, and I know it's only week four, and I hate to be on pace guy, but four <laughs> guys right now, Carr, Mahomes, um, Roethlisberger, and there was one other one I can't think of right now, are all on pace to break Peyton Manning's single-season yardage record. Really? Yes. And well, Mahomes, three, of the, I would three say. of the four are on losing teams right now. Oof. Well, who's, I think the, Cousins, I think, was the, the okay. fourth one. Well, yeah, because he, well, Minnesota just set a, a franchise record with a 
what was it, six rushing attempts or mm-hmm. something in that in the game against Buffalo, or, or maybe it was against L.A. I, I think can't Dalvin even... Cook's having fun. Oh, you want to come back Jeez. from a torn ACL for that? Man, you guys need me or what? Sure, should I just should I just check out? But isn't that nuts? I mean, that, you got you got you got records that have that stood for decades that all of a sudden they're getting broke like, falling like year dominoes. after year yeah. after year. I that and, but that's the way the league has been trending. They yeah. want they want the fast guys up the field. They want to go four or five wides, and they want to have or they want to have <laughs> running backs that can catch ten passes out of the backfield. I mean, there were I mean the Raider Brown game and the Falcon. Um, Bengal game. I mean, those were just shootouts. Nobody was playing any any defense. I I'm mean, surprised the Browns put up that many points. Unbelievable. Yeah. I watched a lot of that game. It was a pretty sure, good game. Right. Yeah. All right. So the good from the weekend, the Patriots. You kind of you. Do, yeah, I told time, you last week. Yeah, count them out, and that that's what happens. Yep. Um, Bengals. I'm. They're good. I'll, I'll say I'm surprised that they're, that they're where they're at. Andy Dalton will crap the bed in the playoffs like he always does, but they could win 12 games. Baltimore's right there with them at three and one. Yep. Uh, the Titans are there. The Chiefs are one of the two undefeated teams, which I don't know that it's not unexpected, but I guess in the way that they've gone about it. I mean, the Denver game that was, was, impressive was, game. was, was, a, was a signature win yes. for the at this point in the season, Absolutely. albeit early Absolutely. Um, on the road there. Rams look like the best team in football. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they're better than the Chiefs. Uh, the Saints have rebounded after the week one debacle to the Buccaneers. Yep. They're right there, and your Bears are right there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's those are all teams that that are. Uh, I mean, New England's got the worst record out of the bunch, and they're two and two. And it's not like you're going to count them out of that conversation. And they're on a short week against the Colts right. Thursday. They, they play and Thursday they, night. They, they they activated Gordon on Sunday. He played and played well. And you've got Edelman coming back Thursday. I think that offense is going to click it Start up here. To twist around. Yep. Okay. All right. So who is the bad? I mean, well, you, you got to keep going with Arizona. Yeah, we got Arizona. Uh, the Giants were atrocious. The Bills were pretty unimpressive. Um, the Raiders, they, they lost the game, or they won the game. Um, they but, didn't look terrible, but they're definitely the worst team in that division. It's like when you beat the Bills, okay, you won. You beat the Browns, okay, you won. Right. But how much does that mean? Right. I mean, everybody likes to get a victory, but do you sit back a day later and go, Okay, it shouldn't have been this much of a chore. Exactly. So and then uh, the, the, the Colts. Jets are bad, and the, and the, the Jets Colts are, are just ba- yeah. glad to see Andrew Luck back, but I don't know what that's doing for him at this point. So, Well, if they keep going for it on fourth down with 25 <laughs> seconds left in overtime and their own 40, you ain't going to win a lot of games. Packers at the Lions this week. Your Bears are on the bye. Yep. So Green Bay has a chance to make up a little bit of a little bit of ground. This um, is a really interesting game to me. It is. Do we? You, do you finally see this Lions team that has been a thorn in the Packers' side, and, and a lot of other people's side? I mean, they beat the Patriots. I mean, but you've got Jekyll and Hyde over there. What there's, What are we doing? There's some make or break. I, it, you know, you you hate to say that in Week Five because it is awful early. But you know, if you look at the history of of the NFL and the way teams start, there's some make or break games this week for some teams, and I think this is one for Detroit. Um, they're one and three, and you lose this game. You're one and four. You're potentially three games. Well, you'd be two and a half games, almost three games behind first place in a tough division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be very, very hard for them to rebound. I think it's going to take ten wins to make the playoffs in the NFC. Okay, and if you're one and what one and four, that's almost impossible. You, I just don't see that team going nine and two to finish out. 
Um, you know, and of course, big game for the Packers. Of you know, they'd like to keep it rolling, get a nice road win in the in the division. Um, but I think it's a huge game for the Lions. Uh, a couple of other big ones um, that are on the schedule. I know the Jaguars are off to a good start. I know they went to the um, AFC Championship game. I I just something about me doesn't want to put Blake Bortles. That's what. That's what it is. You 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 don't not. trust the quarterback, and and no one can blame you for that. Their defense is loaded. Their skill position players are decent. The quarterback is just. It's so feast or famine with him. And I now mean, you're going against one of the two hottest teams in the league. They put 38 on New England, City. and then the next week they score six. Right. Who are these guys? Well, and this is going to be another one of those those they games could, at could Kansas get, City. They could get beat 40 to 10, and I wouldn't be surprised at Kansas City. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won 20 to 13. It's just, it depends just on how, how they, that how goes. Okay. And, and uh, you know, if Bortles is... Good Blake or bad Blake, really. Two teams that are off to a tough start, Atlanta and Pittsburgh. The Falcons need to win desperately. This is a playoff game to me. Oh, for sure. And the Steelers need to keep bailing water out of the ship to yeah. stop it from sinking. Yep. Already, you've you've tied Cleveland. You've already lost to Baltimore, and you got Cincinnati next week. So, and and now you're now you're home against an uncommon opponent. Yes, you, this is a must win for for. Pittsburgh and I I mean for Atlanta, I mean God, they, their offense has been phenomenal. They just can't stop anybody. Stop anybody. And they they're banged up on defense and man, if they're but if you they're gotta one win, and four, you gotta win one of these track meets. One and four in that division. And now you're going done. against a quarterback who you said is just on pace to break Peyton Manning's passing record. I would love to I gotta find out what the over under is in that game. I think it's gotta be sixty five. <laughs> Who's stopping anybody I, in this game? I this is, a, yeah. I mean, all the weapons offensively. I mean, oof. Minnesota goes from the Rams to Philadelphia, and the Eagles are—they're not looking like last year's team Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. No, they rode that underdog status last year pretty hard, and a little, little different when you're the hunted as opposed to being the hunter. I mean, you got to see if now Minnesota can get back. I mean, they had. They had a, a terrible game against Buffalo. Then there was the Rams, which it was back and forth for you know for for a little bit. And Cousins put up gaudy numbers, but this is a not again Lincoln Financial not an easy place to win either. No, no, and no matter what state the team is in. So I mean, this would be a, a big win for the Vikings after after those after those couple of losses. Yeah, and again, you know, you, you don't want to fall two three games behind your division leader, and. Uh... You know, the Vikings are, I don't know, I, I think that, I don't think that defense is what it was last year. No. They, they just, you know, their their best player was in the psych ward last weekend, and they're a little banged up, and I mean, they, they've they got some issues. Is Seattle a tough place to play anymore for a good team? I think it's still loud. Okay, but is it tough to play at? Eh, I don't think. Is, does it carry the same, you're playing in Seattle this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're good, so I'm not really sure how much that matters anymore. I don't think so. I don't think a lot. I, I don't think so at all in this game. I, I think this Rams team has kind of got this attitude of, like, it doesn't matter who we play and where we play them. We just got more talent, and I'm not sure they're wrong. Um, uh, Joe did guarantee a Seahawk win this weekend. Okay. I, I think he I think he may be disappointed. Is he, is he just going win loss or is he going know. against the numbers? I, I 
this Seattle team, I mean, you know, the Legion of Boom is gone. Their 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 best receivers out. They're finding running backs at their local Home Depot. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how many rabbits Wilson can pull out of his hat. Um, they, they can't be endless. They can't be. Sooner, sooner Especially later, you're going to look in the hat. Well, oh, there's nothing in here. It's one thing to pull one out last week That's against fine. Arizona. If, it's a it, different thing to go against the If you're a good quarterback Rams. with a lot of different tools, you can do yes. that on yes. some occasions. Yep. But sooner or later, you gotta you got to have some help. Yeah. Some other aspect of your team has got to step up. You can't. One guy can't do everything. Nope. It doesn't work that way. Nope. Not in football. No way. I don't care how good your quarterback is. Ask Aaron Rodgers. You know, I That's, mean, the guy's been in multiple MVPs, and uh, those years he won them, they did not do well in the playoffs. So, well, that is our NFL segment. We got about uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes. So let's run through a couple of yeah. mop up things. You got um, Bucks on uh, Wednesday night, first preseason. Jabari Parker is back mm-hmm. in a different uniform, and there was some local sports talk about were you disappointed that they let him go? I mean, where no. are you on that? That's, no, I, I, I mean, was fine with $20 million it. $20 million a year, a lot to bank on a guy that's had multiple season-ending injuries. And he's a one-dimensional player. He He's an offensive player who isn't a great shooter. Um, you know, he, he, he's a, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. And on the box, you're just not going to have that playing with Giannis and, and Bledsoe and Middleton. For his sake, I hope he stays healthy. Yeah, I, I don't have any ill will towards him. Um, you know, he's he's said nothing but great things about the Bucks and the organization and the guys there, and, and they've reciprocated that. So um, I think he's going to be, even though it's a preseason game tonight, I think he's going to be very motivated to, to go out and put on a little bit of a show. Um, interesting, I, I've I've watched some uh, some videos this week from training camp. You have pointed camp. me in those directions, yeah. yes. Some interesting stuff, just uh, listening to the players talk about uh, new the new coach, Coach Budenholzer, and, and kind of his system and what they did. And Brogdon had some interesting comments. Um, they were kind of asking him about some differences between coaching staffs. And um, one thing they talked about was their, they feel a lot fresher this year than in years past, which leads you to believe that Jason Kidd's training camps were boot campish, um, which, you know, in this you could get away with that in years past, and that's how kid came up. Um, but I don't know that today's player kind of buys into that as much. Um, and the other thing Brogdon said that I found interesting was that he said this coaching staff is the most positive um, group of people he's been around. Um, you know, not there's not a lot of um, I don't know what the word is. Ripping on guys, I guess, for lack of a better term, cutting you know, them down. Yeah, whether that's in practice or in film, it, it seems like this is more of a. There's a little more teaching, a little more positive reinforcement going on. Um, you know, and and Budenholzer coming from that Spurs program, that kind of falls in line with what they do. Like they'll get on you when they got to get on you, but you know they're also gonna. You know they want to teach you. They want you to learn it. And, and you know most people don't learn things when they're getting screamed at. Right. So need pos- positive reinforcement, yeah. and not necessarily the point of rah rah guys, right? But it's more positive energy. You never, you never really got that sense. It was not a hey, great, you know, a lot. There was a, not a lot of excitement in the previous regime. If you listen to, to a lot of kids' interviews after games, it was you know, you know, we got to learn how to do this, and we're not doing this, and we're not doing that. It was never. Tell me something we are doing. It well. wasn't a lot of of positive stuff 
that you could take going forward other than like we've got a lot of talent. So, um, but yeah, starts off tonight, uh, first of uh, four home preseason games and um, foot just four exhibition, four exhibition. Yeah, they're 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 bookended home yep. and then they go on the road in the middle. And we're about two weeks away from uh, Man, from the opener, so it's I like it coming quick. College football Badgers are off the bye week back home against Nebraska quarterback who's a freshman. Um, pretty big dude. He's leading the team in rushing per game, about 65 yards, I think, maybe 68 yards, something like that. He's only thrown three touchdowns, and he's only and he's also thrown three picks. Um, but Nebraska right now, and I'm wondering if Coach Scott Frost is picturing that national championship banner they hung at Central Florida after he left. I mean, granted, it's his old stomping ground, but I, I mean, I heard some of his clips today. He is not a happy camper. With what's going on down there yeah. at all? Well, you know, you, he's got to change. You know, it's a culture you, change. You, you throw that word around, culture, but it it is what has to happen. Um, one thing I heard today on the radio driving home from work that was really interesting uh, on on the Mike Heller show, he had Jesse Temple on. Yep, who from Badger the Athletic guy. Badger guy, and he said that in talking to a lot of the Badger players, they were saying that Nebraska by far has the best skill position players that they've seen so far this year. Which I, I guess that's not a huge leap considering you're probably comparing them to Iowa and BYU, but and, right, and but, Central, but still, uh, FAU. And, you know, that's um, it's an interesting comment considering some of the scores that I've seen in these Nebraska games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that strikes the fear of God in me or anything, but I just thought it was an interesting comment. Best skill position players. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then that leads me to believe that your quarterback is worse off than. Than originally thought. Well, as as your esteemed colleague Eric Schmolt pointed out on his commentary, uh, I believe it was maybe was Tuesday. 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 This is the same fan base that thought Taylor Martinez was good, <laughs> and that guy looked like he couldn't throw at eight yards. So, you know, who knows? I I just I, I go back to and I and maybe this is why I want Bucky to beat the Huskers' brains in every time. There was just this arrogance mm-hmm. coming from the Big 12. We're in the Big 10. We're taking a step down. We are going to run roughshod over everybody. And now look, they are with the likes of Minnesota and Illinois in that Big 10 West. Well, they got a little bit of the same thing going on down there that Michigan has. A little bit of this um, nostalgia of we used to be a power, so therefore we're still a power. But the standings don't really reflect Who'd that. Who'd you beat? You know. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, beating Nebraska is is. Uh, I don't is know. A nice I don't know how we keep getting these night games. I mean, night game against Iowa, Big Ten opener when Iowa's not ranked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Nebraska, really? Owen four mm-hmm. night game. Mm-hmm. Are you hurting for matchups this week? I haven't looked at the schedule top to bottom to see that could easily replace that. And then you got Michigan next week, which is a night game, which is fine. That one's that's, in the big house, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's another Saturday night, 6.30 start time, which I'm playing under the lights. If you got one game, maybe two in years past with Badgers, it was, was a, a big, big deal. deal. Very much, yeah. I mean, that, that year that Wisconsin upset Ohio State under the lights, that was enormous. Huge. But now it's, okay, now you got three of them in a row, and two of the opponents are not that great. So uh, it, does it lose a little bit, a bit of its luster? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one thing I found interesting this morning, listening to Mike Lucas uh, 
and I and I tend to agree with him. And I was just a little surprised to hear him of all people say it. Um, Badger football is kind of irrelevant right now in the in the in the sports hierarchy in Wisconsin. It is. You know, you've got the Packers, you've got the Brewers in the playoffs, you've got the Bucks about ready to start, and you know, the unfortunately for the Badgers, the the BYU loss. I think that kind of took them off the map a little bit. It did, and then you have a nice win against Iowa, but then you have the bye week, so. You, you haven't you can't played really in build 14, any momentum yeah. off of that. There's not much to, you, you yeah, can't talk about that for two weeks. No, I'd say that's I'd say and that's with, a very astute observation. And with Nebraska being no good, right? There's not a lot to talk about well, going building into, into the, the Michigan game. game. So yeah. it's I, it's I'm, it's I'm, unfortunate for them that they they've kind of been lost in the shuffle here a little bit. But um, you know, if I guess you know if they if they win the Michigan game, I think they'll get themselves back in the conversation probably. Um, but you know, you, if they drop one of these next two, it it, it and the Brewers keep winning, and the Packers, you know, ramp it up a little bit in the second half of the season. It, it may be hard for them to get a lot of uh, Badgers are going to have five games, four or five games left, and be like, "Oh, Wisconsin's still playing. That's right. 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 Do you want to watch the game tonight? Yeah, they're six and two. What, what uh, have they done so far this year? Yeah, they're, they're, they might okay. play in the Outback Bowl. You know, again. Again. <laughs> sucks, right. sucks going to Florida in yeah, January. It's terrible. It's just awful. That's a bad getaway. <laughs> All right, top five for this week. Uh, I think you you made a good one. It's only been four weeks. I there's quarter n- pole. There's yep. nothing more I loathe than seeing power rankings on the big multimedia websites. I just absolutely, I just absolutely can't stand power rankings. But I like yours in the fact that it's at least limited to top five best and top five yeah. worst. Yeah, I think that's that that's a good. Where are we at to start the season? Yep. Um, Subjects to change in four days. When right, they, right all, exactly. You know, we'll check back in another four or five weeks, and everybody's played four more games. Exactly. So, all right, do you, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Right. Um, I'll start with my top five best. Okay. Uh, number five, I got the Ravens. Okay. Um, I thought they had a pretty impressive win uh, on Sunday against the Steelers. Saints still three and one. I mean, they they were one of my, I think they were my Super Bowl pick. Would I pick mine, them? Mine them too. or the Falcons? I so, had them. Yep. Um, but uh, I can't even remember who I picked for the Super Bowl. But week one. Throw it out the window, and now they've they're back where they should be. That's your fifth Saints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four for me is Bengals. Okay, um, I've been impressed with them. I've got the Bears. Ooh, wow! Well, nice. defense until yeah. until you show me that, and and I think that will keep ramping up. Obviously, if if Trubisky continues to play well, the defense is going to carry him. And if you get performances like that from your quarterback, uh, that's a pretty tough team to beat. Hard to argue with that. So, yep. Uh, three for me is the Saints. Okay. Bengals. Okay, so we're pretty close. Yep. Um, and then one and two, I, I, think, I think we're going to be the yes. same. I got Chiefs two, Rams one. I had them. I had them reversed okay. only because I like the quarterback play of Mahomes just a little bit better. Sure, but I think they're interchangeable at this point. Yeah, that Rams team is just loaded. I mean, the Chiefs. The one thing that about the Chiefs, I, I don't, I don't trust their defense. Um, the Rams defensively are much better. Um, but yeah, the the way Mahomes has been playing and Goff's played well, stadium makes a big difference man, for the Chiefs' defense it does. than it does for the for the Rams' defense. Because no question. Still, I don't think anybody cares about going to the Coliseum for football, right? To watch either the Rams or the Chargers. I hear you there. So, all right, top five worst teams. Who's been terrible 
so far through four weeks? Uh, number five, I got the Niners, and okay. unfortunately for them, with Garoppolo going out, they, it's you know, this, not going to get is, any better. No, it's kind of inevitable. We're we're into the C.J. Beathard regime, and that's not really good for anybody. I put the Falcons only because of expectations. Okay. They are nowhere near where they should be with what they got on that team. Sure. And I think you deserve a place in 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 the bottom five for what you've done so far. Sure. Um, four, I got the Jets. Um, you know, they had a nice opening win uh, against the Lions. Um, but other than that, Darnold has been pretty eh. Yeah. You know, that Jet defense that looked really good in week one has hey, right. just kind of been And meh. he impressed, and everybody was ready to call him, like, oh, here's yep. the next. But since then, it's been. Well, he doesn't have a lot of help. No. His skill position no, is pretty weak. and uh, I got the Bills. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that win against the Vikings is probably going to be more than likely your signature win. You're going to hang your hat on that game for the entire season. Uh, number three for me, I got the Giants. Eli Manning's done. Um, That's why they drafted a quarterback. Sa- Saquon Barkley is a really, really good player, um, but the Giants made a mistake in picking him. They should not have picked a running back. They should have picked one of the remaining quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Um, I, I just, you know, you pay Odell Beckham all that money, and you can't, get him, you can't get him the ball. It's uh, It's ugly. Jets for me at number three for okay. pretty much all the reasons that you just described. I got the Bills at two. Okay. Um I just I just think that offensively they're just a disaster and Rosen is gonna probably get hurt at some point if things keep going the way they're going. Even though he's put up gaudy numbers, the Raiders have been awful. I don't care if you beat the Browns, you were you were still in a track meet mm-hmm. with the Browns. Mm-hmm. And that's inexcusable for a guy like John Gruden. I mean, that's a team you probably should have buried. I don't know. I don't care who all you got on the team, but it starts with the quarterback. And for that reason, they're they're my number two. I want to come back to that before we okay. go. But uh, number one for me is Arizona. They're they're just an abomination. I, I don't think there's any argument no, that that's my, they're the worst team in football. My number one as well. So, um, but come back on your Raiders sure. thing. I watched a good majority of that. That was the late game, so mm-hmm. baseball was over. And the Browns are better than you think. They were supposed to be. The Raiders aren't as bad as you think. Okay. Um, Marshawn Lynch looked fantastic. Okay. Um, the Raiders' defense is not very good. Obviously, when you lose a Khalil Mack, you're going to take a step back. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I'm buying into the Baker Mayfield hype. <laughs> I see a lot of Favre. In Baker Mayfield, you notice that the Browns were not in nope. either of our top five. No, no, uh, they, or they're, they're one, two, and one, and they could very easily be four and zero. I like what I see out of Mayfield, man. The guy's a gamer. He plays hard. He makes plays. Um, and I'll tell you one last thing. Okay. Packers screwed up cutting Jordy Nelson. <laughs> Guy can still play. Well, he ain't a star anymore. Guy can still play, and I think. Uh, Old number 12 would probably be all right if he still had his buddy on the outside. Well, with Cobb down with a hamstring, yeah. Allison out with That's what I'm with, saying. with concussion protocol, mm-hmm. you're looking at Jimmy Graham, Devontae Adams, and three rookie wide receivers. Yep. Which is... He's not the 80-catch, 1,200-yard, 10-touchdown guy anymore. Doesn't but mean he can't get open. Could certainly be your third receiver. Right. No question. We'll see what the end, the whole thing looks like at the end of the year. And... Maybe he'll 
fall off. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not willing to jump to that conclusion four weeks in, but so far it looks like you're pretty much dead on in your assessment. I think he, I think if nothing else, he's going to energize that fan base and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, it, it should be when you're going to a billion and a half dollar stadium in the middle of the desert yeah. in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's if you need a, a fan base that gets energized leaving in a couple of years for a brand new home, you need guys like that. Yeah. So, all right, that's Intentional Foul for this week. A lot of football to watch, basketball getting started, and Miller Park rocking for the next couple of days. And I'd like to uh, sincerely apologize to Cub fans for making fun of them for the last couple of days. No, no, I would not. I would not like to do that at um, all. On that note, Josh. I'm Dan. That's Intentional Foul. We appreciate you listening. Subscribe. You can find us at iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. We will talk to you next week. Go Brew Crew.